Reddit did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Sunday, November 24th. It is great to be a Tennessee Vol coming off of a big win, a really big win for the program, for Jeremy Pruitt, for the seniors. Uh, I mean, you got bowl eligible. Uh, maybe takes, I mean, it's Vanderbilt. You got to win. We'll talk about that more. I don't know how much you want to get. I mean, I don't think we'll get much into that tonight. Save that for uh, later on this week, which will be a different podcast, a different night for the podcast and live show because of Thanksgiving this week. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of maybe alleviates some of that pressure of the Vanderbilt game and maybe allows them just kind of go out and compete in the rivalry. You don't have to worry about getting bowl eligible. You don't have to worry about, you know, um, extending your season anymore uh it'll be a disappointment to lose for sure and i'm sure they understand that but it it definitely takes some of that pressure off when you when you're not sitting here talking about getting bowl eligible so that's good um i hate vanderbilt i hate vanderbilt too (laughs) i I can't i hope we just beat the absolute and i hate them so much and i still don't even think i have anywhere close to the same hate as juan jennings does for vanderbilt no one does though in fairness like even guys like Philip Fulmer doesn't even have the same hate. Juwan Jennings is a special kind of hate for Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it definitely definitely was a huge win for so many reasons. Uh, Yeah, the score wasn't ideal, but, I mean, the team produced and uh, the offense, you know, at times looked more efficient. Obviously, uh, you can look at some drives. You you look at the final drive before the half. half, I think you have a chance to go score and, um, you know, Go score a touchdown. Sorry, we did score points. I think you have a chance to go score a touchdown, and you're you don't uh, due to clock management. Um, a lot of people are saying due to how the officials ran the clock. I didn't really pay attention. I need to go back and watch that. Um, a lot of different reasons. And then you talk. You know, this is a six point difference in two block field goals. So you yeah. you definitely not only did you leave some points out there on drives, you had actual plays that could have scored and. You just weren't able to block up front and take care of business. I mean, we whooped Missouri. And, yeah, and the score didn't reflect it. Right. Which yeah. I think that also says a lot about their defense. We yeah, talked but, about statistically that their defense looks good on paper. Yeah, they. I mean, we only had one turnover. Yep. Um, that was not great. But one turnover, and they, they had to go for – they converted on a fourth down. They um, converted a fake punt. Mm-hmm. And they did a double pass to score a touchdown. So, I mean – Three plays that weren't, you know, you would like to see us get a stop in those things, but they had to put out everything in their playbook to beat us. Yeah, we did. We and still lost. And you look across the board. I mean, in terms of just flat out play, uh, someone just mentioned how our wide receivers own their DBs. Yeah, at the end of the game, SEC Network mentioned how um, a lot of defensive penalties. Apparently, they mentioned it during the game. We were obviously Tommy Trent. It's loud. You can't hear everything they say. Um, I did hear him at the end of the game say that. Um, Missouri not able to overcome the defensive penalties, but they were all self-inflicted. Yeah. I mean, just about every time we threw the ball, they were asking for a ref to throw a flag for a defensive pass interference. And Mm -hmm. it happened often. Not enough, in my opinion, but it happened often. And uh, they they couldn't hang with Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, and even uh, Josh Josh Palmer last night. But, um, yeah, and Jeremy Pruitt knew exactly that they like to tug and pull on on mm -hmm. receivers, and that's how they – Play so we went after that, and if you know if DBs are doing that, they're probably not good DBs, right? And, and I felt like our running—I mean, our running game did play well last night. It just—I uh, didn't feel like they did watching the game. 
And you go back and look at their stats, and I mean, anytime you have a, a guy, you know, really close to that 100 yard mark, and then as a team you're you're sitting at 120, right? Yeah, that's not terrible. I mean, especially when you consider that you threw for 400 yards. Mm-hmm. So um, we 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 overall performed. Obviously, we need to score points. Um, we we need to score points. I mean that that's the only that's the only really negative I have for that game. Um, we'll get more. In, we're gonna really talk about the Missouri game before we do that, though. Landon's gonna tell you guys about our friends at Commercial Bank. Absolutely. Um, let me pull. I caught Landon off guard. I'm sorry. No, you're good. We got in the Missouri game way too fast. We're excited. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. So, Commercial Bank is your neighborhood bank, and they are a leading financial institution with the services, capabilities, and resources of regional and national banks. Whether it's purchasing a home, saving for your child's future, or planning your next vacation, Commercial Bank is with you every step of the way to navigate life's big decisions. Life made better. Visit cbtn.com to learn more and find a branch near you guys. Go check them out. Like I said, visit cbtn.com and find a branch near you. Awesome people to work with and any financial needs you may have, hit them up. They got you. They'll take care of you. So, look, really looking at the Missouri game, the Vols are going bowling. And I tweeted Get it. your bowling shoes. Yeah, I tweeted it. Everybody needs to know Tyler Bird is a phenomenal bowler. He is. Incredible. The, the night we saw him bowling, uh, he didn't bowl a game under, I think, 214. And yeah, he, I think we saw him bowl like two or three games. So. And, and he wasn't, like, serious. He would just yeah. go and just bowl it. He knew how to do it. Spin it. He's been doing it for a while. And go sit back down. So, all else fails, Tyler Bird's got us in terms of bowling. Yes. Um, 24-20 Vols, you mentioned that um, uh, Missouri kind of had to throw everything at us to make it a game. Uh, and, and the Vols didn't necessarily get the separation they needed to at key moments either. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying – you know, the the first time we really did that was their last offensive drive, I guess. When you said well, – I guess it was second to last drive. We were like, the defense really needs to, to finish this one out. And um, they, they were able to – they were able to stop him. I think that was three and out. I need to go back and look at it now because I, I remember it was saying it. Three and out. They did punt it to us, and then we just ran the clock out yeah. from there. Yeah. But I think so. Okay. Yeah, that was it. That's right. Um, but I think the drive before that was a very quick drive for him too. I need to check the game play by play. Um, but I mean, the defense played really, really good at key moments. There were some obvious, you know, um, obvious slip ups. Uh, but I mean, overall. You held them to 20 points, which I know they've only scored seven in the last three games, but they've also played uh, Florida and Georgia. Mm-hmm. Those two opponents aren't, you know. Not ideal. I mean, yeah, like, it's not like you're talking about they only scored seven on Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and, you know, UNLV. Like, the opponents they played before were definitely tough, too. Yeah. And then this defense that came out and responded. Um, I saw you tweet earlier about Nigel Weir. And it was funny, on the way to the game, we were listening uh, to, to someone talk about the guys we'll be missing this year. And I was like, I mean, Nigel Warrior, he's played really well in this back half of the season. But up until then, I mean, he wasn't doing much and we were, we were doing okay. He's been a big key factor in the Vols winning the five out of the last six. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about those, like, erasers that help, you know, DBs like Derek Barnett, Corey Vereen a couple years ago. I feel like Darrell Taylor and that whole defensive line is putting a hurting on opposing quarterbacks, and that's why our DBs are playing the way they are. And that gives them confidence for you know guys like Nigel Warrior to come up and make plays, come up and you know make key pass deflections, come up and run games and get tackles for loss, like, like he did in that video that I tweeted out earlier. I mean that 
I mean, what a freaking game from him. He's he's had several times in the last three or four games that he's not only made plays in the secondary, but came up and made plays at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage, and not plays that, you know, weren't easily made. Last night, he, he honestly probably got the night off in terms of what he's been having, you know, against Kentucky having to work with Lynn Bowden Jr. at the line of scrimmage. You know, last night, he there were a few times he only had to come up and make a play on their tight end. Yeah, and you know that that wasn't obviously too difficult for him. He was able to to manage. I mean, um, just him being like a a guy that could possibly lose his starting position yeah. to a guy that's playing one of the like one of the best safeties in he, the SEC. He's one of our best defensive players in the last half of the season, and I mean, he's going up against guys like Daniel Batuli, mm-hmm. uh Henry Toto, Darrell Taylor, Darrell Middleton. I mean, there are some guys on this defensive defensive unit that have played phenomenal in the back half of the season. Yeah. And Nigel Warrior's probably at the top of that list. He's played really – and I, I want to comment on Alante Taylor too because he's been struggling. He lost, I don't even know if he technically started last night. He's lost his starting position after BYU. Um, and they were sending all of our DBs. At, they were blitzing all of them all night. Well, mm-hmm. not at the same time, but you get it. And Alante Taylor made a lot of good plays in the line of scrimmage as well. Bryce Thompson made at least one that I can think of right now. Yeah, I think they made – you know, they made Kelly Bryant make plays with his arms instead of his legs. Yeah, because um, he was obviously – it was cold. That hamstring was obviously bothering him. He wasn't yeah. able to move much. And Alante Taylor is a bigger corner. He's he's long and athletic, and, you know, they're just sending him. And that, that made that whole offensive line, that whole offensive unit for Missouri, it kind of threw them off guard. Yeah. It was a really good defense. It was a, we, we played – I mean, when you hold teams to 20 points, you like to think you should beat them. Yeah, I mean, Ansley's – Making some money, yeah. So this year, so far, right? right. Um, I hope we're able to hang on to him because I, I think he's going to be a really good coach. You know, this yeah. is his first coordinator job, so hopefully, we're able to keep on. Uh, it, keep it's holding. Him it, if we believe in him, it's very obvious that we we will shell out the money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, dude, I, I can't. JG, I mean, good lord. I I was about to flip to the offensive side of the ball too with you. Um he's the turnaround he's had on the, since the Alabama game, um, you know, South Carolina, obviously, you know, first half played well, breaks his hand, mm-hmm. um, but played good enough to get us out in front. And all JT Shroud had kind of had to do was not mess up. JT Shroud had to make a play or two, but really all he had to do was not mess up. And, and, and he made that play or two. He had to, he needed to, and, and take us home. But I mean, it started with what JG did against South Carolina, um, Kentucky. He doesn't start, but he's able to come in, and kind of really battle us to victory. That wasn't – he yeah. didn't play great, but the whole team didn't play – other than defense, the whole team didn't play great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this game, 400 and – wrote it down. 15. 415 yards, two TDs. He was 23 for 40. Um, and made a couple plays with his feet. You know, we talked about it, he probably could have made a couple better plays with his feet. But outside of probably one, you know, the others, he did what he had to do. Yeah, one of them I'd like to see him bounce outside. He probably gets that first down. But other than that, and he's injured already. Um, he he's not been comfortable up until probably Kentucky getting out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean him just making good decisions. Yeah. I mean I think somebody tweeted out in the last like five games he's thrown for seven touchdowns and one interception. Yeah. At at the beginning of the season he was throwing way more interceptions than he was completions almost. Right. Um, so, I mean, him just, you know, coming back from where he was at the beginning of the season um, and then, you know, that fiasco at Alabama and 
for him to just kind of lead us to victory. I mean, we can say, you know, it was the defense. I mean, it was kind of a whole unit. But, JG, your most important position, your quarterback, led you to victory, and that's what you have Mm -hmm. to have. Yeah, I mean – because you don't necessarily you're not guaranteed the win when the defense only holds the team to 20. You still got to yeah. outscore them, um, and it took a it took a couple good drives and a couple really good plays. Uh, and obviously he got some good assistance. I mean, it t- the guy still got to throw it, but he got some yeah. good assistance from his wide receiver unit uh, with Palmer, Jennings, and Callaway all eclipsing 100 yards for the first time in school history. Three three receivers to eclipse 100 yards in a in a game. Um, and, oh my! And, and Jawan Jennings did. Juwan, first off, it was it was cool to see Juwan Jennings make Juwan Jennings plays and Marquez Callaway make Marquez Callaway plays on their way to 100. Like, Juwan has that touchdown that when he caught it, I was like, I don't know if I knew it, but I said it. I was like, go score. Like, yeah. You know, I, I thought he, he almost, if that dude, if that corner on the uh, far side doesn't come up and make a play, chasing him down on the little, uh, you know, I guess it was just a vertical route over the middle. Um he probably scores. He's getting mm-hmm. away from the guy, the safety, and the corner comes up and I makes just, a good play. He makes so he like so many people miss. Yeah, it's insane because he's not that fast and he's not just shifty. He just like he wants it more yeah. than anybody else on the field. Yeah, even if you touch him, you're not guaranteed to tackle. Him. No, no. Um, and in he's, fact, he's, he's probably, gonna make the first guy miss. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he almost has another Jawan Jennings touchdown there. And then Marquez Callaway, obviously. You know, Marquez Callaway's people. Um, he's not, we're not, yeah, he's requesting people now. We're not mossing yeah. people. Um, and, then, and then Josh Palmer kind of, we talked about it again. The show we were listening to on the way to the game, uh, or not to the game, but to watch the game, was talking about how, what's it going to be like to replace people. And I was like, I mean, you're never going to be able to replace what Juwan Jennings does on the field. Like, it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about production, how can it be replaced? Josh Palmer might be that guy. Yeah. And then last night, I believe he was our leading receiver. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he's a he's our leading receiver with 124 yards. He doesn't score, but he made a lot of good plays, um, a couple of good catches to keep drives alive. I think he had two big catches on the drive to get points at halftime, which was huge to get points before halftime. Yeah. So, um, I mean, just all of them, just you know, third downs. There there was a third and 18 where you know third and 18s. You might do like a screen or, or a draw. You usually don't try to force anything down the field just yeah. because it's it's a tough thing to um, to convert. But Tennessee was able to do that. Right. JG made a throw where he threw it away from uh, the safety in the middle of the field and made Juwan Jennings the only person that could get it, get it. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we talked about the, the wide receivers and how good of a game they played. Like you said, JG had to throw it to him. I thought he played a clean football game. Yeah. Um. The, I mean, the only play that I can really remember of him, I'm just like, ah, is where he held the ball too long and got sacked. Mm-hmm. And I think it might have been a, a second down. It might have been on third down. And you watch like the that. play, and the receiver he was looking at, it looked like the play was a little slow to develop. Mm-hmm. So then you got to look at the offensive line. It's got to know that pass protection is going to hold a little bit longer than normal. You need to hold that block. It is. It does suck to look around the field and go. Uh, I can't remember who ran a little dink route off to the left, but he was open. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he was not the first progression. Yeah. Um. And whatever it was, it was a pass. It would have been a pass over the middle. Whatever it was was going to take a little bit longer to develop. And um. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you, you do. And you, JG's got to take a little bit of that blame too. He's got to feel that pressure from that. I think it was the left side, and be able to either step up or get through your progressions quicker and, and hit it. And But, I mean, like you said, he played a clean game. I think he only got sacked twice. And, and um, the difference in, like, 
You'd rather take a sack than turn the ball over. Exactly. Um, and I, I feel like that's kind of where he's getting a lot better is in just not forcing throws. Mm. Um, you know, if he's going to take a sack or, or he can tuck it and run, you know, he's not going to – He's not going to Josh Dobbs it and take it 80 yards right. to the house. He's just not that kind of quarterback. He's, but if, he doesn't but if, have that speed. But And we're not asking that. We're, no. you know, we're just – if you just get us a couple yards. Clean avoid, football. Yeah, avoid the sack. Mistake-free um, football. And I, and that's, did, that's how you win. Yeah. He did get out of the pocket a couple of times and, and extended uh, plays. Um, but, yeah, clean football game. No turnovers from him. Almost a clean football game from the, the entire offense. And uh, it was Tim Jordan, right, that had that late fumble. Yeah. yeah. And it was just kind of an unfortunate play. He gets hit, turned around by his own offensive lineman, and then uh, Missouri's able to come in and God, get the I ball thought out. we were going full on Kentucky. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, it, it kind of was the same thing yeah. to a certain extent. But. Right. Um, and then you, I, I do want to talk about the last, the not the last play. The last play was a freaking victory formation. Um, That's a lot the of best people, play. A lot it? of people argue <laughs> with me about it, but it's the best play in football. Yeah, it's the best. It's it's the it's the best play on on, on your walkthrough and practice the day before, and it's the best play in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the play before that, uh, apparently, Juwan was telling uh, Chris Winky and and uh, JG to get him the ball. So you got to give a little bit of credit to Juwan, but uh, it was obvious we had a run play in at first, and they were bringing the house. JG checks away. He knows he's got to get the ball out quick. Gets it to his best player, and that's that's it. And just so JG made the right decision, made the right play, and then obviously Juwan, you know, did Juwan and finished it out for us. But yeah, then we get the Juwan gonna Juwan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, man, I mean, oh crap! It was a yeah. Get the victory cap. I almost yeah. was gonna tell you that uh, you had to put it on, but yeah, I mean. Obviously, more points from Tennessee would have been ideal last night. But overall, what what else can you you know what can you say about that game? Other you won. Than, you won. <laughs> you won. Uh, and you beat Derek Dooley. And, and, and the biggest in thing, sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest thing about not just last night's game, but the, the back half of the season is you know, and obviously we're gonna we're gonna critique just because you know we 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 want to look at it past. Yeah, we want to look at us. You know, we. We we're gonna be fans at the end of the day, but we also want to look at what they could do better and yeah. you know things like that. But at the end of the day, you know this team, great, good, not so good, bad, terrible, worst team in the SEC. Whatever you think of them, they started out zero and two to two games they should have won. One game they had in hand or not in hand, but one game they probably had won and gave it up. And zero and two, one and four to start, right? Yep, one and four to start. I think our percentage at one point, I think I saw Nathaniel Rutherford tweet, was 5% to make it to a bowl game. And not only do you get to a bowl game, you get to a bowl game through 11 games, which is impressive when you see how you look. This team has battled and fought and clawed and got themselves in position. You should, if, you're, if you call yourself a Tennessee fan, well, you can sit here and go, we should have scored more points. That's fair. But I saw people say, this team's still bad. No, they're not. They're not bad. No. Did they start out poorly? Yes. Did they fight, claw, everything they needed to do to improve? They have. JG, I feel like, is like in a small sample size what this Tennessee football team has been this year. Um, you know, started off not great. You know, had a couple good plays early on in the season, but then kind of regressed again. And now he's like starting to really get into his own. I feel like that's this team. We've learned how to win. Yeah, that and that's a big thing. The BYU, you look at BYU, we didn't know how to win, obviously. I mean, no. that's obvious. You had to make one big play, and we weren't able to do it. But, yeah, no matter what you say, you know, 
if you, if you call yourself a Tennessee fan, you should be happy for this team, period. End of story. Yeah. Um, and you can say they should have scored more points. You, you, you can say whatever, but you should be cheering for them, period. End of story. Um, you shouldn't be calling them a bad football team. That's unacceptable. A bad football team doesn't hold a team to 181 yards, 99 yards rushing, and have 500 yards of total offense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bad teams don't do that, especially in the SEC. No. No. Against the SEC opponent, while, while pretty, we are pretty yeah. damn good to me. Right. And while, while we are talking about things we need to fix, I do want to say, can we not ever throw a swing pass ever yeah, again? Yeah, terrible. Can we stop. please not? Stop. Stop. We did stop. just fine without him. Yeah. Let's stop. Um, I, do you think it's just like that one play, like you having mad and you know it's not going to work, but you do it just like out of spite. But it's wide-ass open, so you're like, I better try it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to – I'm going to make this thing work once. There, there actually is this play on Madden that I run. And it's this little, like, kind of like a like a waggle play. It's a play action, but it takes a long time to develop. And it never actually works because it takes so long to develop. But yep. it's a wide open every time if I get, like, one second held onto a block. So, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. Like, I know it's never going to work. Yeah. Man, am I going to run it once or twice a game? Yeah, I am. <laughs> just to see. I just, oh, my God. Like we just we whoop Missouri and the score doesn't, unfortunately, doesn't reflect it. It it doesn't. But I mean, you look at the and I didn't think this. I didn't think like I thought it was a close game. But when I went and checked the box score after the game, I was like, holy crap! Yep. Roundtree had how many forty three yards rushing. Kelly Bryant had one hundred sixty six yards passing. How many yards passing and receiving? Like how many yards do our receivers have if they're not getting grabbed and pulled? Oh, Every yeah. time the ball comes to them. Oh, yeah, it's insane. They they probably have at least two more catches apiece. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, like you said, it, it was not as close as the score reflected. Hey, a win is a win. Landon's got the victory cap on. We're rolling into Vandy week. Ready? Oh, man. It's going to be it's gonna be fun. Dude, I can't wait for the Vandy tailgate. Everybody come out. We're going to do it big. Last one yes, of the year. we're doing it big. <laughs> We are doing it big. Yeah, look for more info about that um, as the week kind of progresses. We got We got to get some some detail deets worked some out. Deets. So, uh, just look for that. If you're interested in coming and want more info, we we do a Facebook invite. So just DM us, I guess, on Twitter if you want that. I mean, you don't need it, but if you want it, yeah, feel free. Uh, we do have some questions. Some questions for the show. Yeah, real quick, are we- I, I do I do want to like kind of critique a little bit on on some things that we need to improve on. I think special teams is obvious. Yeah, uh, punting, I did want to mention that. Too. Punting not great. Uh two block kicks. And it was it was the same A gap. Like it's like how do you not Which yeah. answer this, you may know it. I thought you couldn't engage with the, the uh long snapper. But it looked like they were going right at I don't know. Right at him. I don't know. If you all know if someone knows that rule, it's listening. I do right know now, let me know. I think Calvert, this would be a game that he would like to forget. Um Yes, with two false starts. And he was he the and he was he was, was also he the, right the fullback um, good twice that and didn't touch a was soul. Austin Pope the fullback on the touchdown yes he need, just put him back there like he looked good yeah and he's looked and he's, good all and year he's a blocker long. yeah he's, he's I don't I don't know blocker. I don't I don't really know what the the reasoning for that was but yeah Calvert looked and then Schamberger you know. It was about two plays that I really was like, dang. And they were right there together, too. I think on the same yeah. drop, right? Yeah. Um, right after he got that penalty, which Tennessee had a, a lot of penalties that they wish they could probably right. get back. That one is exceptionally dumb. 
I, yeah, that penalty is one of the dumbest penalties you can get mm-hmm. as a football player. Yeah, can't do that. No. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are upset about the jersey grab. One guy tweeted, did Jeremy Pruitt not learn the first time? Uh, since that game, since the helmet grab, if you count that loss, Jeremy Pruitt's 4-1. and one. If you don't count that loss because it happened at the end of the game, it's 4-0. And, oh. and Jerry Garantano has played Improved drastically. Yeah. Schamberger might football. get a pick six this game. Yeah, he, he <laughs> might turn into an All-American next year. You never know. Um, I mean, I, mean, I just – so do we need more of that? Like maybe, yeah. Just I don't know. That's maybe there is more of it. It's just not caught on. Right, camera. Jeremy. Somebody did tweet something funny. They were like, "It's hilarious to me that people are watching a game where grown men try to kill, like, borderline kill each other, but then get mad when a jersey gets grabbed or a face mask gets grabbed." Yeah, yeah so. like most of these. I think all these kids are eighteen, right? So I mean, I might have a couple because so they're legal. I mean, if. Them and Jeremy Pruitt got in a fight. He wouldn't <laughs> get in trouble for beating up a minor, right? Right, right. That well, I mean, that Santiago, <laughs> which is terrible. I shouldn't say that. Our new commit, basketball commit, he he would be seventeen, right? Or does he turn eighteen before January? Oh, you know, you don't know the birthday. <laughs> he is. I think he's eight. Oh, he is eighteen. I thought you said seventeen. Two thousand two. He was born in September two thousand two. So what oh, is he's that? seventeen. Yeah, yeah. He's or 17. eighteen. Eighteen. He is no 18. seventeen. He's 17. Oh, wow, I'm a terrible math. 17. Yeah, he's 17. And he won't be 18 until next September. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't fight him. No. Can't fight him. He's off limits. <laughs> yeah, he's mine. Don't be coming, don't be coming yeah, to Pratt. Don't be touching him. Yeah. <laughs> um, questions, though. Sorry, unless you want to keep – we can keep critiquing, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some guys – I thought Tim Jordan looked – you know, besides the fumble, I thought he ran the ball well. Um, and the fumble really was very unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it's an unfortunate play. Trey Smith bullying defenders like he always does. I was like, good Lord. Like, when do defenders start running away? I think sometimes they do, and he just catches them. He finds them. I think so. Because <laughs> that, that defensive back that came up and got lit up, the play that Trey looked a little wonky, um, I don't think he wanted any of that. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I know. I, I'm, I'm yeah. like, uh, I mean, I'll just try to hold the edge here. <laughs> like, I, I thought Batuli and Henry Toto looked – Great in the run game, like they have been, um, but they also look good in, in coverage as well. Um, yeah, we I, I still thought, we overall we got, we got to improve. It, it looks like in zone coverage, we can just never find the man early enough. The the mesh routes, um, if we're not able to get to the quarterback, you know, some of those were left yeah. open. Luckily, we're able to get you know pressure on him where that he wasn't able to complete some of those. Um, but yeah, I mean. Great game pretty much all around. I mean, we're just kind of like picking stuff to critique right. it. But I thought Missouri, I thought their stadium looked terrible. Oh, it's a, It'd be a really good high school stadium, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be a beautiful then, high school stadium. Um, you get to spend four years. So I hope those seniors like enjoy their pet rocks. Um, I wonder what they name them. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the tiger statue outside of Missouri Stadium? Mm-hmm. Is it Ferret Field? Is that Missouri? Ferret Field? Is that what it's called? That's stupid. I mean, I think it's like named after a guy. <laughs> but <laughs> see what if they're the it. Missouri Ferrets? Would be awesome. That'd be funny, dude. Like a pet rock? Like really? That's what you. That's what you get. I mean, in in theory, it's cool, but like it's also easy to make fun of. Yeah. 
<laughs> like if it was like, a Tennessee thing, I'd be like, yeah, dude. Like if you've been around, if you've been lot. around like Missouri football your whole life, which I don't know anyone that's like, yeah, man, I grew up Missouri fan. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> um, then I could, I bet it's like I bet there's some cool history about the Rock. I'm sure there is, but yeah, is there a history? It's, it's easy if, to make if you know of. the history about the Missouri Rock Garden or whatever that is, um, that giant M. I thought it was flowers. So you haven't seen this tiger? I don't think so. Oh, it's ugly, dude. Is it like the the frosted flakes tiger? It I don't, it looks like it's a uh, I think they've redone it. No, they haven't. Like look at the it looks like it has the like wings coming out like a dra- a bearded dragon. Oh, why is that? That tiger is starving. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I have no idea. And it's got like webbed feet. Do tigers have webbed feet? I don't know. What I don't is think that? so. Like a bulimic tiger with web feet. Like that's the ugliest. Like that's uglier than the Cristiano Ronaldo bust. <laughs> that's that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. And like I, I think they were like making it look like Cristiano when he was. Have 16. they ever seen a tiger? No. <laughs> no. Questions. 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 Let's get to those. Got a couple. Um, those are about recruiting. Eli Hickson said bowl predictions. Ooh, ooh, I, I haven't looked a ton into tax layers. Yeah, probably th- looking more like it. Yeah, I um, think tax layers is my pick. As you well. got if we lose six and six, I think the Liberty Bowl's in play. Ugh, no, I think if you win. I can't remember because Belk is ACC and Big Ten, right? But it also depends on like how the automatic bids work. Because the automatic bids, like, you know, one of them's going to a college football player or something like that, then yeah. they can select anybody. It doesn't have to be. I would think it's kind of between the Tax Slayer Bowl, the Liberty Bowl, and Music City Bowl. Music City Bowl's in play if you beat Vanderbilt. I don't think it is if you lose. Okay. Um,. I think what else there is. I would say this, you know, if if we win, let's let's say this. If we win, we go to Jacksonville. If we lose, we go to Memphis. Tennessee, you pick. Where do you want to go? Where are you picking? Where do I want to go? Where would you? Where would you like as a football player? Do you want to go to Memphis, oh, Tennessee, to or do you want to go to Jacksonville? Florida? Jack- I mean, both suck. I don't know if you've ever been to Jacksonville. Jacksonville is not fun. I mean, it's more fun than Memphis, yes. but like, it's not fun. I don't want to go to either, but I'm, I'd choose Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure, like, if we were to get a bid to the Liberty Bowl, like, Penny Hardaway would um, he'd lose file a restraining order. Yeah, or he'd lose his mind. Yeah. Oh, I'm ready for that game, too, man. I'm pumped. <clears throat> pumped. No James. I oh, know. Exactly. That's why I'm pumped. That's hilarious. Um, more questions. That's not our only question. <laughs> um, at Vol Facebook. Um, why hasn't Bob been fired? I assume he's talking about Bob Kessling. Yeah, I assume. I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that. I'm not going to comment on that. Um, I'll say like, I like Bob as a person and like, he's good on shows. Like he's a good, like, I, I think he does the, I don't want to say that. He just, he can't pronounce names. He can't pronounce names. It's, it's bad. I don't. I've never really listened to his football calls. I, I listen to his basketball more often. Yeah. But and I think he is, he's a good relationship with Rick Barnes, with which makes it a lot more entertaining. Yeah, for sure. What, what frustrates me about the basketball games is there's a lot of times, 
And I was telling you this, Prep Extra was at the Pal and West game on Friday, and they tweeted out 10 tweets about the Pal game and didn't have a score update in a single one of those 10 tweets. Nice. It's like, why am I even following along with you? And then Bob Kessling will do a similar thing. I'll listen to Fall Network for the call of a basketball game I can't, you know, go to or watch or whatever, um, or if I'm in the car. And I'll go too long of a period of time without knowing the score. Yeah. Like, he'll obviously say when someone scores, but if you weren't on the radio or you missed the last call of the score and he doesn't update it, that, that's my biggest frustration. That's not my biggest frustration with him. I also don't know sometimes who did what because, like, if there's two James Jameses on the team, and James with a dunk for Florida. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like you got super excited about that. Yeah. It was like the only way you can tell is if you listen to close, closely to Tim Priest, like if they have a big three or a big dunk, and they're like – or not Tim Priest, uh, Burt Bertelkamp, you'll hear him like, God, come on! Like, Yeah. That's that's the key to listen to the basketball games. Yeah, and I know they're trying to like, I guess he's trying not to be a but, fan, but, but you be a fan. You're, like, that's you're more on, entertaining. You're on the Vol network. You're not yeah, on ESPN, and, you're not on the CBS. And the only people listening to you are Vol fans. Be, and if a, be a fan. And if they're fans of the other team, be like, I'm sorry, what network did you tune into? The Vol network. Like, exactly. No, yeah. you should be biased. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree. That's why... I, I mean, everybody likes Bird a lot more because of his bias toward Tennessee. Yeah, yeah for sure. Nothing wrong with that. Show your bias. I mean, when you work for a when yeah, and and just be a little bit more excited when we do something good. Yeah, exactly. That's another frustrating part. Is he'll get excited for the team, and sometimes we'll have big plays, and it's just like an Admiral Schofield with the slam. That's it. That's all you're gonna give me. Cool, man. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad that was. <laughs> That was his call for the Georgia. I'm just kidding. I, I haven't heard his call for the Georgia dunk. I'm not sure, but that's how I imagine it. Yeah. Admiral Schofield seals it and seals it with a dunk. He dunked it. Just one-handed. <laughs> yep. That's it. Vols win. Yeah. yeah Any I more mean, questions? Yeah. <laughs> Chad. Chad. At Chad underscore bod said, where do babies come from? Ask your mom and dad. Um <laughs> Where do babies come from? Uh, where do babies come from? Stork, maybe. Um, I guess when two people love each other very much, two Vol fans love each other very much, they get a dub, celebrate a win, and name their kid Juwan Jennings. Yeah, or Chad. (laughs) (laughs) You're either going to get like a Juwan Jennings, somebody's going to play football, you're going to get a guy in a frat named Chad. Is there no in-between? No in-between. Interesting. Mm -mm. Interesting. All right, recruiting news. Or we have we have a question about recruiting, don't we? Didn't you yeah, say? we got a couple. Um, so the first one is um, Eli Hickson again said Darnell Washington talk. Um, Darnell Washington is a five star athlete from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. He is scheduled to give Tennessee his last official visit in December before he makes his final decision. Um, it seems like Georgia and Alabama are also in the mix there. Since uh, Eric Gilbert, the other five-star tight end, has um, committed to LSU, so that those two are in with him as well. I don't know. I mean, Tennessee gets his last visual visit. There's always a shot when you have Brian Niedermeyer recruiting him, um, but I think it's going to be tough. I'll right? That. Yeah, Absolutely. I think it'll be tough. Um, I think we also had some more recruiting questions. Yeah, so um, 
Well, I'll, I'll start with this. So we had some big recruiting news, especially on the basketball front. You had four-star point guard Santiago Viscovi commit to Tennessee. He is a four-star point guard um, out of – he's from the Ukraine. Or Uruguay, I'm sorry. Uruguay, Uruguay yes. Yeah. South um, America. And now he's playing for the NBA Global Academy in Australia. Only 17 years old. Um, and mm-hmm. somebody who the plan is – to get him, he's got to take the ACT or SAT to get. Um, I saw SAT. Okay, I saw. yeah, I didn't know which one he was going to take, but he has to get enrolled. He has to obviously apply. I guess I would um, imagine get accepted yeah. and then enroll. He wants to be enrolled by um, January, um, and then he would be eligible at that point. It's assumed he'd be eligible. Right. It, it just because he's admitted to Tennessee. There's a whole other process to get eligible with the NCAA. Okay. You would assume that admission to UT means eligible, but it doesn't necessarily mean eligible. Yeah, so Jack Yardley said, what day would he technically be eligible? Because spring classes don't begin until January 8th, so would he be missing LSU and Mizzou, or could he start the second fall semester is over? Don't have a final answer for that, but from what everything I can gather, he would – it seems he would have to participate, or he it would be after the first day of class, from everything I can understand. Yeah. That I mean, that's the case. I mean, because uh, you have ba- baseball players who play, you know, well after they graduate. Um, even basketball players, I guess, technically, because if they graduate in December, I don't know if they have to enroll in the spring semester or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. Um, I'm really, I guess, we could follow up on that and get get a good idea, but. Um, yeah, so it's it's unclear. Jarnell Stokes did the same thing back in 2011, I believe. I didn't didn't write all this down. I should have. Um, back in 2011, he began class on like whatever the dates were, January 11th. Began class on January 11th. We played at Mississippi State um, on January 12th. Everything I could gather, he didn't even travel with the team that day. So that may just be Conzo didn't want him traveling yet because he just got with the team. I don't know. Um, but he did play the next home game like January fourteenth against Kentucky. So that was the first time he appeared. Yeah. So um I don't I don't even know what, what we don't even know what date. I couldn't find anything online when I, he actually I just got think with, the team. with Viscovi, unless he just comes in and just balls out, I don't really think he's gonna be needed unless an injury happens. Yeah, I I'll be surprised if he plays this year. Um yeah. Well, and maybe maybe garbage time, but not like I shouldn't say surprise because not like key minutes. Yeah, I it, I guess it really depends on the development of Gaines. Honestly, he looks a little bit more polished in terms of skill than Gaines, but Gaines is going to be with the team for much longer yeah. than he had been, and, and it's going to take a little bit to get him adapted to. You know he's moving countries. It's not like he's moving upstate or or moving to a you know across the United States. He's moving like across the world to come to Tennessee, right? And so him just you know it, it's going to take him a little bit. He you know he's got to get used to going to class. He's got to get used to practice and you know all that type of stuff. I feel like that could take a toll on him. And you look at Josiah James and he came in and he's struggled the last you know he looked better the last couple games but it's taken him a little bit to um get where he is comfortable with this team 
Right. And so it's it's going to take some time, I think. Oh, 100%. Um, I think there, there – I mean, there's obviously – if Rick Barnes is willing to bring him in in January, there's obviously a thought that it, it may work out there. But there's nothing guaranteed uh, as far as far as him coming in and making an impact. But like I said, if Rick Barnes is willing to bring him in, there's, there's a good chance he could make an impact. And, and I'd also – it may have something to do with Zach Kent leaving. Um, this may mean – I don't know what the scholarship situation is. Mm-hmm. This may mean Kent – is gone for good. So, yeah. Um, I mean that that would make sense. You know, Tennessee wanted to add a primary ball handler, and they did that with him. It was somebody Tennessee kind of, you know, caught trail of early in the summer, and you know, it was kind of just us from there. As soon as his visit, you know, he decided to come to Tennessee. I think his set up some other official visits with Temple. I think was the other one he had set up. So. Mm-hmm. In terms of program status, it kind of wasn't a competition. Right. Now, I mean, he, he's going to have to fight for minutes next year with, you know, Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer. But if, if he's able to give Tennessee good minutes, you know, I think he could be a long-term yeah, point guard for right. Tennessee. There's definitely the – I mean, it's definitely possible. Yep. So. And, and he looks good. He looks like he can get to the rim. You know, he – He's like 6'2". I mean, he's got pretty good size. Um, and Rick Barnes is, you know, it took Jordan Bone, what, two years to finally figure out how to play point guard for Rick Barnes? Yeah. So, I mean, I, we could see some some really good development. But I think he's going to – his recruiting rankings are going to take off when people really notice who this kid is. Yeah, he wasn't even on anyone's radar. And when 247 picked him up, they, you know – Watched him play, broke him down, bro, you know, looked at his highlights and rated him four star immediately. Yep. So, yep. Yep. I think he was the number 75 overall player and the number four point guard in the country. Gotcha. Not um, in this country, though. I'm just joking because he's not in. Yeah. Number four point guard in that class, I guess. Yeah. Not the country. He's well, number just, one player in yeah, I Australia. Was just, I, was, I was. Yeah. Number one in his country, I guess. <laughs> um, football recruiting is going to. You know, really going to start picking up starting with this weekend. You're going to have some official visits, and and hopefully Tennessee's got – I think they have 18 commits, so they want to get up to 25. So, you know, spots are going to become very scarce here in the next couple of weeks. Um, because, you know, basically December is signing day. Right. You still have the February one, but that's usually just – Either it's guys that are hope high profile guys that you're going to save a spot for regardless, right? Or it's guys that you're just going to fill a spot with. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see as this signing day gets closer, kind of how we were able to close out. Yep. Um, and Amari Thomas, you know, just before we started the show, he announced that he will make his decision on December 9th. I think he was going to do it at the All American game, but he decided he's going to make his college decision on December 9th. Um. Tennessee's high on him out of Memphis at Briarcrest Christian. Um, so we'll see kind of where we're at with him. I know Tennessee is trying to get his uh, best friend and teammate, Jabari Small, um, who is an all-purpose back for um, for Briarcrest as well, trying to get him maybe to – I don't know if he has a scholarship here, but, I mean, they're definitely looking to get back in his recruitment, maybe see if that helps their chances with Amari Thomas. Gotcha. gotcha. So, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. 
Recruiting's it, recruiting's wild. Oh yeah, you can never. I mean, football guess. season's wild. Period. But you never try recruiting. Yeah. You know, these are like young kids. Don't seventeen year olds. Seventeen year olds now. You know, comprehend. You know, yeah, just never know. Before we get, we're going to talk about some basketball this week. Before we do that, let me tell you guys about eight six five axe throwing. It is a one of a kind experience. It's perfect for date night, birthdays, anniversaries, friends' night out, wedding parties, corporate team building events. Eight six five throwing where locals hang out. They're the first axe throwing range in Knox County and the only outdoor range in the area. They have friendly and knowledgeable axe coaches that can teach anyone how to throw confidently and safely. Once you stick your first axe, you will be hooked. Located only 15 minutes from downtown, their atmosphere can't be beat. Throw axes, play play cornhole, tabletop checkers, mega jenga, or just hang out by the fire. They are family, friendly, farm, fun. Go check them out, guys. Uh, it's BYOB. You can bring beer at certain hours, so make sure you check. You can uh, check out their website. I got that. Hold on a second. You can check them out on Facebook and Twitter um, at 865axethrowing. This weekend, this Saturday, they'll have, if you're not going to the game, if you're looking for stuff to do with the family or just looking to hang out, I believe they're going to have Santa at the, at the, uh, hey, yeah, over there. Okay, so 865 Axe Throwing, uh, go check them out on Twitter, and there's a link, it's a pretty long link, but you can now book online, um, so book that before you, before you go, save yourself a little bit of time, you know, why not, um, but yeah, go check out, out 865 Axe Throwing, uh, make sure you do that. ASAP. Get you some axe throwing in. Do it. Basketball. Basketball. Tomorrow night. UTC at home. Hopefully it's just a comfortable game. Um, hopefully, you know, kind of similar to the other night. You can kind of just just run your – I think the same thing right now because you, so, you have so many young guys and so many new guys learning the system. Run your rotation. Hopefully get a comfortable lead, and then you can get some other guys in there later in the game. And, and you saw Drew Pember kind of get some – you know, I think he ended up with six minutes, eight minutes. Yeah, that's eight cool. minutes quite and had of, eight points. It's quite a bit of time and when you talk about um, getting some young guys in that wasn't in their rotation. Yeah. So. And just getting them comfortable because come SEC play when – I think we talked about this last last week when um, this whole SEC schedule before us, like it's it's a grind. So you're yep. going to need some of these guys. You're going to need Gaines, Pember, um Kumwa, you're going to need uh, Jalen Johnson. You know, guys like that are going to have to come in and give uh, Lamonte and, and Fulkerson and, and Jordan Bowden some rest. So, you need those guys, going to need them to get comfortable, and that's what this UTC – that's what games like that, UTC, Alabama say, that's what those games are for. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, so, yeah, we play UTC at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. Uh, that is a home game. And then Friday down in Florida, I thought it was a home game. I don't know why I thought that. I must have looked at uh, it's the Emerald Coast Classic. Man. Yeah, I don't know who who's after that. It's another Florida team. So we play Florida State, and then if we win or lose, we'll either play VCU or Purdue. I'm talking about the next, the 12 on December 4th. It's a home game. I don't know why I thought you had the schedule up. We play someone else. Florida A and M. Yes. Yeah, I must have looked at that and, and thought uh, it was the Friday this Friday. Um, so yeah, we won't talk too much about FSU cause I think we'll have a show before then, but, uh, yeah, that will be another, like you said, another game on Saturday. Um, well, I will huh. say this just so Tennessee fans can know this, but UTC played. Yes. There Florida is a common State opponent recently. 89 um, to 53 was that score. Yeah, yeah. Lost by 36. Yeah. Um, they also, FSU also beat Florida who was ranked number six at the time, I believe. Huh. 
So they you know have a decent win on the schedule. Yeah. I guess we have yeah Washington. But yeah, UTC doesn't really have a decent win on the schedule. No, I they used to have I can't remember what coach it was. They used to have a former Tennessee assistant over there. I can't remember who it was. I don't know if that's the case anymore. So they had a couple good years. UTC did. I mean, yeah, for the level their school is. Right. A couple good years. Um I'm not sure what com I'm trying to think what conference they're in. I don't think they're in the OVC. They're not. You know, Are they not in the OVC? No, they're in the Southern uh, something s- conference. That's that's right. They're with ETSU and yeah, the Citadel right. and all that jazz. I can't remember the name of it. It's not Southern. It's is it? That kind of. Nah, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um. Yeah. Anything? Anything you want to talk about in terms of like like I said, run it. I think you know, run your first thirty minutes like you would if you played FSU on Friday. But, yep. you know, because you, you still got to get a lot of guys into this rotation comfortably. But it's going to be a weird week with Thanksgiving and everything like that. You you don't want to, you know, overwork Bowden and Turner. Right. And even your big guys, you don't want to outwork Fulkerson because we don't really have there very many big guys in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are in the SoCon, so the Southern SoCon, Conference. yeah. That's right. Yep. Um, anything else about basketball before we move on? No, I'm good. Let's, uh, Ooh, I got another, I got another friend to tell you guys about. Perfect. Love telling y'all about friends. friends Blue Chew. Listen up. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. It's bluechew.com. That's blue. Like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no way in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, baby, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment free when using a special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR. Try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for partnering with us and sponsoring the podcast. Go check them out, guys. Absolutely. Don't be lost when when it's time to perform. Be ready to go. Just like the balls, baby. That's right. <clears throat> the balls. We had a good time at Tommy Trent's last night. There was a lot of people there. Got a little warm. It was good food. Good buckets. Yeah. Great buckets. The food was good, but man, there must have been something in that burger that didn't sit right because I was sick last night. Really? Yeah, I was. I don't know if you can make yourself throw up. I cannot. You can't. And I needed to. Like I desperately needed. You just gotta start gagging. I know how to do it. <laughs> Physically, I like, can't. can't make myself do it. So like you, you just get in that night, or you like can't ever, ever. Like I, I don't like me. I don't like throwing up. Okay. Yeah. Like I would prefer not to throw up. So, um, we have college football recap. There's not a lot going on in college football. I mean, Penn State, Ohio State. Was probably the best game, definitely the best game, and it lived up to his hype. It was a good game, it was enjoyable to watch. Georgia Texas A&M was good too. 
it was good in the sense of like it was a close game. It was yeah. not a good was game to watch. Yeah, it was boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ohio State, Penn State, though, I mean, especially because Penn State started off really slow, um, but they were able to make it a good game there at the end. Ohio State just, I mean, their defense is, is filthy. Yep. Filthy. J.K. Dobbins had 36 carries yesterday. That's insane. Phew. 36 times. Good night. Mac Jones was 10 for 12, 275 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> Mac Jones, what you know about him? 10 for 12. Does he beat Auburn? No. I don't think he does either. I think we'll see two of his brother before uh, the end of that Actually, game. yeah, I do. I do. And it's not him. I mean, it's those receivers. But that Auburn defense is good. That's a, that's a I feel like that's what, that's going to be an interesting matchup. It's like I think if Alabama's defense can score, they probably win. I'll never pick against Alabama. I can't. That's fair. I can't do it. That's fair. You mentioned that Texas A&M-Georgia game. That was 19-13 Georgia. A&M had plenty of chances to win it and could Baylor 24-10 over Texas. They'll compete for the uh, Big Big 12 title now. So, yeah, it doesn't really mean much, especially after Oklahoma almost losing. I meant to look at that final. Where did that go? Oklahoma won 28-24. I knew they won. Okay, 28-24 over TCU. Yep. It's wild. As a as a someone who – well, we've won six games now. Going into this game, TCU, like, we joke. Tennessee's the best five and whatever team in the country. Five and five, whatever we are. Yeah, five and five for this game. Six and five now. Five and five team in the country. TCU had to be the best five and five team in the country, and that's not a joke. Like they were, they have some. Pretty sure they have some decent wins. Let me check. Yeah, and I think they're playing a freshman quarterback. How are they? Yeah. Uh, let's see, they play tight with a. Or I mean, all you have to do is have a good offense because yeah. no one else has a good defense. They beat number fifteen Texas. Their losses to Iowa State, Ugh. SMU. That's not a good loss by three. Ugh. Yeah. Looks right. They lost to Oklahoma State, too. That's not good. I mean, we lost to BYU and Georgia State. So. That was a long time ago. Yeah, for sure. So it was I was like talking about my brother. My it feels like a couple me, years ago, doesn't it? Right. My brother asked me, he's like, so, like, what if we had won those games? We're 9-3 right now. And I was like, I know. I, I, hate, I hate thinking about it. And those three losses are to top 15 teams. Potentially, at the end of the year, they'll be top 10 teams. All of them. Yeah. A little, little sickening. Unfortunate. It's a little sickening. You ready to do some segments? Yeah, I do want to. I do kind of want to talk about the college football playoff, and and we always talk about how it's. We want to expand it to eight. I kind of don't. No, I don't. I think the I, most you can expand it to is six. Yeah, and, I, and, and even I kinda, then, I'm just like, I feel like you'll you'll be coerced into doing five automatic bids and one at large bid, and I'm just like, I don't think if I wanted. If I wanted five, if I wanted five automatic, I think you go to eight. But if you go. To six, you couldn't have it. So I feel like four is the right number. Yeah, I mean, and it's always worked itself out. Yeah, there's going to be some controversy for sure, but and I, I think this with Oregon losing, we, we've kind of said this, and you know when we've talked about it, it's you get one mess up, and I, I feel like Alabama is waiting for another team to mess up. So if Georgia loses, I think they're out, and Alabama's in. You would assume because it, again, Georgia have, that that'll be two. You, you you get you don't get two. You potentially still have Utah that could win out and win the Pac-12. Yeah, that that's going to be the controversy. But like resume wise, Alabama's resume is way better than. I feel like it's pretty equal. <laughs> well, as far as like them, their only loss coming to right. LSU. Right, but but them, yeah, beating teams. Got, yeah, I get what you're saying with it's that. Tough to but, split. Tough to split. Here's the loss. Loss is a loss. Right. Like I think. I think if they like Utah had gotten beat by like Georgia State, then I could 
see the argument. They, they got they get beat by. Do you know they they lose to Oregon? I don't know. No, it was USC. Okay, so it was. So they're what seven and four right now, I think. Uh, USC six and four, or they're eight they're six and five, eight and four. Yeah. So their season's over. Yep. Wow. Because they played, didn't they play the first of the year? I guess. First yeah. game or whatever. So eight, you, you lose to an eight and four team. I mean, that's not terrible. No. I mean, that's not that like, and it was a three point loss, wasn't it? It wasn't terrible. Yeah, it, it was. It was pretty close. Um, but I mean, they're gonna have to play Oregon. They're gonna have to play Oregon. Oregon they, so, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think if Utah, I think it will work itself out. I think it'll work itself out. But I think if Utah wins out, it, they'll be in it. I mean, besides I don't know Alabama, you, yeah, I don't know how. What you if deny. What if Oklahoma wins out? They it'll be between them and Utah, I'd imagine. And if you're gonna split hairs on losses, wouldn't you think Utah'd get in? Oh yeah, over. Yeah, especially if they beat Oregon. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing about them is they're conference champions, whereas you look at Alabama and you talk about them, you know. Yeah, I mean, that that's going to what the committee is going to have to figure out is is a loss to the number one team worse than a – or better than a bowl, than a uh, conference championship? I think you have to – just if you hear it like that, you have to say no just because – Otherwise, why do you have conferences and conference championships? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like then you just added Utah an extra game for no reason. Like they and it could only themselves hurt them. had a chance to lose for no yeah, reason. And it could only hurt them. Yeah, that, I mean that makes sense. I, I'm glad I'm not in that, but I I feel like it will work itself out. Not and, and if I'm picking the best four teams, Alabama is better than Utah and Oklahoma. Yeah, but it's not about the best four teams; it's the most deserving teams. Yeah, that's what. But it should be the best four teams. No, because then you shouldn't play the games. It should be the most deserving teams. Who won? And you have the conferences and you have the conference champions. If you yeah, don't, I mean, but but as a fan of college football, you want the best. You want the best four teams to be the most deserving teams. Yeah, right? but it doesn't always work out that way. No, I know. It's, but I mean, that's how, many, how often does a basketball team? But Alabama is there. I mean, there's no arguing that they're better than Utah and Oklahoma. Right. Whether they get in or not, they're better than them. I mean, that, teams. That's, and that's why there's going to be controversy of whoever gets in. Yeah, but I mean that. It, that'd be like looking at NCAA basketball and going, you know, don't put these Cinderella teams up against, like, because how often does the best team in college basketball win? The best team. The best team win, win. the whole thing? Yeah. Make oh. it to the Final Four. Oh, yeah. Make no, it to the not very lead often. eight. Yeah, very rare. It's the most deserving. Thankfully, basketball's a different sport, so you're able to at least, like, go earn it. But, you know, sometimes you get beat by a team that shoots lights out. That you know just had it that night. The next night, they go like you know but, six of thirty three. But also, like you have Alabama at number five, so you've put you've put them ahead of Utah already. Yeah, which I think is dumb. I you know I don't really understand that because like I feel like Utah they had that one slip up, but so did you know so did Alabama. And I, I just I mean I think it's unless the loss is like an egregious opponent like a Georgia State, I don't understand how it's like. Because, I mean, you say football, and it gets into my Who did Oklahoma lose to? Kansas State? Yeah. So, do you think that's – I I mean, I don't I don't know. I, I think – I think it's – I think both – Kansas State isn't, you know, an atrocious – as atrocious as it seemed, I don't think. And if it Oklahoma, could be Baylor. I mean, Baylor's only loss was yeah. the Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You know, like if Baylor wins out, 
they they put themselves in the argument just as much as Oklahoma. Obviously, both of them can't win out. Yeah, I think they put themselves in the in the you know in the argument if they went out. Oklahoma does the same thing. Uh, if Oklahoma wins out and Utah wins out, I'll probably put Oklahoma in over Utah and Alabama. Um, what does I mean? What does suck in the SEC is like Alabama has to play LSU every year before they get to the conference championship. But you're also, you know, how often do you kind of get the benefit of the doubt because you're an SEC team? That college football playoffs only been around for this will be the fourth year. I mean, yeah, obviously that's like that, that's why I think they get in, not just because. I think they're the best, like, four teams in the country. It's just because, like, they're already ahead of – they've already put themselves ahead of them already. That's why I think they're going to get in. Not because it's up to me, because I think that's what the committee's going to do. Yeah, I mean, they the committee probably will, and it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me because I think if you have all these conference – you have all these conference championships and you look at it and you go, this is a one-loss conference champion, this is a one-loss team who didn't even play in the conference championship. Okay, then and, – and if the SEC has a problem with that, you can – I don't know how – I think the Pac-12 is two divisions. But at least the Big the Big 12 in two divisions. It's the two best teams playing the conference championship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the NCAA can go or the college football playoff can go. You should have put the two best teams in there because then it's probably Alabama and LSU. So, yeah, so it is Alabama if, and LSU. What if Georgia beats LSU in the SEC championship? Dude, it becomes does, a cluster. Does I mean, LSU get out? There's no way, right? It, it depends on who wins out, I think. I mean, that would be insane. It would be insane. I mean, it would be wild, but, you know. But the, but then again, you get in that argument of, like, but they don't have a it's conference also, championship. But it's also proven – I mean, it's happened before. It's like if your loss comes earlier in the season, it's almost like the committee forgets about it. Yeah. So don't lose At late the in the year. Don't lose in the championship yep. game because it gets forgotten. You know, it, that one remembered, gets remembered. The, the ones in, you know, September, they don't. And it's just the way – I mean, it's just the way it is. But, yeah, I don't – you know, I think the SEC couldn't be upset this year if Alabama. I mean, obviously Alabama's better than Utah. They're probably better than Oklahoma. They're better than Baylor, but it's not about who the best team is. If it is, we should just play the college football playoff in week one, two, week one and two, because then you're just going, well, who's the best team? And it's not always the case. It's who won, who, you know, who took care of business. And the, because we have five different conferences, power five conferences that, you know, I guess got associated that way. It's always going to be it those though the conference games should matter. If the conference championships game if the conference championship games don't matter, get rid of them. Bottom line. If they don't matter, get rid of them and just do it do a standing at the end of the year because yeah, your Utah's putting themselves in a situation where they could lose when so if Alabama had lost if if Utah doesn't win, if Utah is uh undefeated and then they lose in the conference championship and Alabama's a one loss to LSU, I guarantee you Alabama would get in over them. Oh yeah. So but if they but but if they finish out the year undefeated and they had to play in the conference championship game, but then they should definitely be like, I'm not playing this game. Why should I? Like it only hurts my ability to get in. Yeah, I mean that that's So don't that's play un- don't un- claim if they don't matter. Yeah, that's what's unfortunate is like you're gonna have teams play an extra game and they're not gonna get in because they either lose or they didn't win enough. Like they didn't win big enough, yeah, and they're going to put Alabama in over them. I don't, don't play them. I don't. I don't get it either. But that's. I feel like Alabama is going to be in it at the end of the year. Again, I think it depends on how teams finish out. Because I mean, you start questioning, questioning how the committee chooses. 
if a one-loss conference champion doesn't get in over a one-loss team that didn't even play in the conference championship. Yeah. Like a one-loss LSU that played in the conference championship, again, it depends on how everything else finishes out. I think a one-loss LSU has a better chance than like a one-loss team, not just Alabama, a one-loss team, period, that didn't play in the conference championship. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I agree. I mean, yeah, that, 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 and that should be how it is. I'm not so if Georgia's a, if Georgia was undefeated right now, and they go to the conference championship, they and they lose to LSU, they should be looked at ahead of Alabama because they were playing the conference championship, and that mm-hmm. should matter. And I know Alabama's better than Georgia. Everybody knows it, but unfortunately, you're in the same division. It, it's how it works out. I yeah. mean, if you don't want to do it, the SEC SEC needs to fix it. And until they do, I mean. You know you're gonna have some things that work for you work in your favor, and you're gonna have some things that work against your favor. Yeah. So, I mean it, that it that comes with being the best conference in football. Yeah. And and then you know the Big Ten right now is complaining because, or I guess the Big Twelve, whoever plays nine games, Big Ten might play nine as well. They play nine conference games, and they're out, they're saying the SEC should change. Why? They're they're doing fine. They're getting the college football playoff. They're winning just fine without changing. You want it to be if you want it to be fair, however you say it, you scale it back to eight. I mean that's your choice. Yeah. So. I'll say the same thing to the SEC. If Alabama doesn't get in and they're complaining that, well, LSU and Alabama play in the same division, then change it. If that's if that's how you feel, change it. Yeah, I think it works itself out. It, it definitely will work itself out. And if, if Alabama doesn't get in, Utah may get beat. But, again, you got to step onto the field and play football. They may – yeah, well, I mean, what if? Yeah, what if they go out there and win there? And then, then there's yeah. no debate. And then the year Florida State got in, they got spanked by Oregon. They won their conference. Yeah, they deserve to be there. And just like everybody was like, "Oh, Wisconsin should have got in over Ohio State." Ohio State won the whole yeah, thing. They worked it out. Yep. Um, we got one more ad read, right? We do. Yeah. Um, that's our friends at Manscaped, guys. It's No Shave November. That doesn't mean no shave everywhere, right? Mm-mm. Nope. Keep clean. Guys, keep your area fresh, clean cut. Use Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code armchair. They have a great, the best, I will say it, the best electric razor in the game made with skin-safe technology so it will not nick or snag. Not just your nuts. Anywhere. No nicks, no snags. Check out manscaped.com. They also have ball deodorant. They have um, body wash. You know, anything that you need to take care of your body, they have it. Go check them out. Manscaped.com. Again, 20% off with the promo code armchair plus free shipping. Guys, go check them out. Manscaped. Check the pod. Check them out. Uh, You mentioned how best electric razor. They also have very noticeable different sizes and guards. So if you do use it to shave your beard, don't worry, you're going to get the same length every time, Dylan, because <laughs> the guards are good. So our friend Dylan, um, small hands Dylan, you know him. Yeah. The pod. So he's got he's got like a he's got a big beard, like a big thick full beard. Um put the wrong guard on, um didn't realize it and shaved a little part of his cheek. Had to shave off his whole beard. So now he's just rocking the stash. Yep. I love it. I don't even know if he still has a stash. I haven't seen this before. Kind of looks like Ron Jeremy. No, he doesn't look like that. <laughs> I'm going to tell him that, though. Yeah. So, Landon's got a new segment for us. I'll let you, let you explain that. Yeah, so new, new segment. Um, so, you, everybody knows Miles Garrett um, and how he hit Mason Rudolph with the helmet. Um, 
so we're going to kind of come up with stuff that we would like, you know, stuff that people do that we would like to hit them in the head with a helmet for doing. So it's kind of stuff like that. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of start. It's, I would like to hit people in the head with a helmet that literally go into the bathroom at work, come out of the stall after taking a dump, and go straight out the door. How do you know they took a dump? What if they just did Coke or something? Just wash your hands. I don't care what you did in there. I don't care if you, you know, played with yourself. I don't care if you did whatever you did. If you come out of the bathroom stall, you wash your hands. I mean, I don't disagree. I'm just at least like they didn't even like put what like they didn't even wash off whatever they had on their hands, like rinse off. They they just straight out the door. Gross, man. I'll hit you in the head with a helmet. So I don't know what we're gonna call this segment, but. I guess. I don't know. Give us names. Give us ideas. Yeah. I guess we'll just do one every time we do it, just one, because I feel like we'll run out of stuff. Yeah, the Miles Garrett. Yeah, the Miles Garrett. The Miles Garrett tribute or something. So, do you have any? Um, yeah, off the top of my head, I'll, I'll do one. I don't know if I fully understood the segment, but I get it now. Um, I do understand it now. Um, it's like pet, like stuff that you just hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pet peeves. Like stuff, yeah, stuff that would really get you going where you grind hit somebody my gear. in the head. Grind yeah. my gears. Like people who. We were at a table yesterday at Tommy Trent's, and like it's a table. It's not like a bar seat. It, and it wasn't like it wasn't so big of a table that it didn't look like we were like saving it for people. Like it was obviously we were sitting there. Yeah, we there was like six and, chairs. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like fourteen chairs. Right. And people would just come up and try to take chairs. Don't do that. No. Don't do that. I'll I will hit you over the head with the helmet. Not the good part of the helmet, not the top. I'll get you with the Oh, the bottom where it just like digs into your yeah, scalp. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll nice. Miles Garrett you right now. Nice. Yeah, I like it. Most important of the week. Most important. Um, dude, my most important is the Vols beating Missouri. We haven't beat Missouri since Josh Dobbs is here. No, we haven't. Kind of sad. And we didn't do it before then either. Yeah. <laughs> and they're a big t- 12 team. We should beat them. Every time. And it's good to beat Derek Dooley. He's – Yeah. I still cannot believe that man never recruited or went a whole recruiting class and did not recruit an offensive lineman. Right. Blows my mind. And you wonder why we had so many like, oh, Randall Cobb. He didn't fast enough though. Oh. Oh, he bounced it right back to him. That was a good play by McCourty. Um, dang. But yeah, like, how do you? I mean, you wonder why we had such like offensive line problems and issues after he left because he didn't even recruit any, and we're still having to like fight yep. and get guys. Yeah, just we're almost there. Unfortunately, like, I think so we're another, I think we're another recruiting cycle away from being. There. I, I still confident. can't believe he was at the Cowboys and Cole Beasley said they never even caught footballs in practice. That blows my mind. That's there's no way that's possible. <laughs> there's no way. That's what I thought. But that's like, that's, that's what lie. Cole Beasley said. That's a lie. He said we we did not run routes and or catch footballs. Bull crap. There's no way. I'm not. I'm not buying that. I don't know. Like at what point is like the head coach, the offensive coordinator, like, hey guys, I noticed you're not doing anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> what do you do for practice? You don't practice blocking for. You don't do footwork for a whole practice. Like, what are you doing? Also, why is Barstool not just like made that picture of Derek Dooley with a Barstool on the sidelines? Like, they're like, no, no, it'd be good. Main picture. That'd be hilarious. 
My first uh, most important is Ed Orgeron. After the uh, Arkansas game, they were at, he was asked why they didn't celebrate. He said there wasn't going to be celebration for beating Arkansas. They haven't beaten anyone in a long time. <laughs> I love it. <coughs> I love it. Uh, my next one would be LeBron James and um, the first player ever to have a triple-double against every team in the league. Oh, nice. It's pretty incredible. I mean, he has been with three teams, so I don't, I don't think that's – but, you know, there's a lot of – now in basketball, team like players go everywhere. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing to go play for a different team. So, I mean, to do that, that's – Pretty remarkable. I, mean, I think Russell Westbrook will do that this week, or not this week, this year against when he plays OKC again. But LeBron's yep. first. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he should have left OKC way before last year. I, I don't have feelings on it. <laughs> OKC's terrible. Fail, or you got any more most importance? I'm done. I, I'm done with that as well. Fail of the week. Fail of the week, um, Boise State um, is my fail of the week. They ran a reverse near the goal line with an offensive lineman. I saw that. Got tackled at the two. Yeah, if you're going to run with an offensive lineman, you just run him up the middle. <laughs> yeah, you got to go score. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not great. No. I would also love to see Trey Smith get a touchdown. Oh, yeah. I like – by the way, we didn't really mention this, but the crouch package, I like that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, big – we score against that. Alabama if we run that that play. They so I was rewatching the game a little bit. I made it through like uh, the first half, and they did show the whatever Garantano did over the top. Yeah, he showed it again. I'm just like, dude, you could run a freaking car through that hole, and it gets even bigger. Like the the still image everybody keeps showing does not do the whole justice because Trey Smith blocks that dude. Way out of there. Yep. Way out of there. Uh, my first fail of the week is Texas's um, strength and conditioning coach. Nice. He's getting his guys pumped up, and um, I, I don't know why. Like, is it like when they come down and you're like, "All right, we're interviewing you for the strength and conditioning job." Um, have you ever thought about murdering an entire family? And if the answer is no, they're like mm, fired. Like, we're not hiring you. Because dude grabs like six different people's helmet and just headbutts them. Yeah, I'm like that's just the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And like, so it wasn't Tom Herman. I don't think it was Tom. Herman. Somebody said it was Tom Herman. Sure, I was not. Like, wow. it, it, it looked like it was like. Let me see if I can find it. So I mean, that's targeting, right? I'm like, 100%. you get ejected. For so that. my question is, does that get you pumped? Because if I'm in that, I'm like, what the f- are you doing? Yeah, like I'm not like, yeah, let's go play a game. Yeah. Headbutt me, coach. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm like, I don't mm, want. No, no. Like I, like I think you, you're the one that said that you don't like to be slapped in the head. No, it's terrible. There's not. <laughs> no, that, is that Tom Herman? You Honestly, definitely don't want to be headbutted in the head. No. And he took off his hat to do it. Like he knew what he was doing. Mm. Oh, he did it the same player each time, but he grabbed him like three times. Nice. Hmm. Repetition. I like it. Yeah. Getting getting that work in, getting that CTE. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention one. This could be a most important or fail, but Jimmy Johnson, uh, the NASCAR driver, um, gave out tequila to the media for his retirement presser. Nice. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> Respect. Little bottles of tequila. Love it. Like, are they supposed to, like, drink it there or, like, just take it home? Probably take it home. I don't know. Who knows? But shout out. I, I feel like that's kind of dangerous. If you just give it to them, they, they chug it real quick and then start asking you questions. Like, <laughs> this. Things, can, things can get weird. Get interesting. Yeah. Oh, it was Tom Herman. Oh, nice. So, maybe, I think Zach Smith said something about him doing, speaking of cocaine, I think he mentioned him doing coke. So, maybe. I wonder if he washed his hands coming out of the stall. Definitely didn't. <laughs> Helm, he did it. He did it to himself. Exactly. He hit himself with the helmet. I get it. It all makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more fail. All for Tennessee.com uh, tweeted, Jeremy Pruitt is being ridiculous by hiding the ball starting QB. I mean, is every coach being ridiculous by hiding the ball starting no, or just, their, their starting QB? Just and so then ours. tweeted after the fake punt, if he, they tweeted, if Jeremy Pruitt would quit worrying about hiding the Q, starting QB and worry more about um, – Working on fake punt, working on defending fake punts, then that would have happened. Do you think? Oh, I know you're a troll, and I know you're a moron, so you, you don't think those two people don't think. But like when you tweeted that, do you think people were like, "Oh, they'd laugh at it" because no one did. And then were you like, or were you honestly going by it and were like, "Jeremy Pruitt, that's all he thinks about in practice is how to hide the starting QB. That's it. He's not even worried about anything else." Do you really think that's how Jeremy Pruitt thinks? Because we're talking about the guy who, in his post-game interview, asking him how he feels about this Missouri win. He's like, enjoyed it. Now we're ready to go beat Vandy. Yeah. And he he <laughs> like, also called that yeah. they were faking it. I mean, I... And it was defended well. They just... They barely got it. Yeah. And that... I mean, that's hard to defend. Like, you don't... Nine times out of ten, you probably don't stop. That. Yeah. I... Whatever. Yeah, I was like, do you I'll really believe this. that? Guys, if, if you follow that... What are, is it all... There's all ten that you follow, by the way. I unfollowed it. <laughs> I was Made like, sure I, did. I forgot. Um, but they they went from like eleven thousand in the past like week to like ten thousand. So right now, go ahead and unfollow yeah. them. Just we're about, like, we're, let's let's make them non-existent. Yeah, we're done right now. So you can go get off this and, and do it. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Follow or follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Listen to the podcast. You can do it on YouTube. Watch this video while you do it, or you can do it on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, um, anything with a podcast. We'll, we'll be there. Guys, don't be like Missouri and actually cover this week. Yep. Cover this week. Good teams cover. Or good great teams team. win. Good teams win. Great teams, teams cover. Team. Guys, have a happy Thanksgiving. I don't know really what our schedule is going to be this week. Um, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, we're bringing the boat in, and we out.